few years ago. Uh, my mom had an experience. My maternal grandmother has been deceased for quite a few years. And a while ago, my mother was preparing dinner in the kitchen and she heard her name being called from the bedroom. And she heard her name, you know, Louise. And she said she dropped everything in the kitchen and she walked over to the bedroom and opened up the door and called for her mother because she said she had never heard her name called so sweetly and so gently since the time she was a little girl. And she said it was so, such a real experience and the voice was so clear that she literally walked to the bedroom, opened up the door and said, yes, mother. She was alone at home and realized then that her mother had been deceased for quite a number of years. And whether or not it was my mother's imagination or whether truly her mother was calling out to her in a sweet and gentle way, it is true that our dead are much closer to us than many times we would like to think or that we're inclined to think. Today we celebrate the Feast of All Souls. Yesterday we celebrated the Feast of All Saints. Today we celebrate the Feast of All Souls and we have candles here in front of the altar that are going to be passed out at the 11 o'clock Mass to those families who have lost a loved one this past year at St. Margaret of York. One of the beautiful things about being over in Rome is you're able to touch, you're able to see the early centuries of Christianity. Right? So many things you hear about when you're actually over there, you're able to touch them, you're able to see them, you're able to experience them. And some of the things I did was to be able to go and visit the catacombs, the places where Christians were buried, and also to go and visit the tomb of St. Peter underneath St. Peter's Basilica, to be able to go all the way down, even underneath the crypt, to go underneath the main altar in St. Peter's Basilica and approach the tomb of St. Peter. And what you'll find, whether it be in the catacombs or whether it be the walls of the tomb of St. Peter, is you'll find tons of graffiti, tons of prayers, tons of images. And those prayers that are on the walls of the catacombs, those prayers that are on the walls of the tomb of St. Peter are prayers of intercession. They're praying to St. Peter for Marcus, who has passed away, praying to St. Peter for Claudia, that she may rest in peace. St. Peter, please watch over my husband, so-and-so. And it's just, it's strewn with all this graffiti, all these writings of Christians in the early centuries on the tomb of St. Peter, praying for their deceased, the early Christians. And so what we see is there's always been this tradition from the early centuries of Christianity to pray to certain ones for certain ones. Pray to St. Peter for his intercession for my beloved departed spouse. And that's why today we have in front of the altar a book with the names of those who have passed away this past year. 
And the early church altars were built on the tombs of martyrs. It's not the case anymore. It's not required. And so we see almost a replica of early Christianity where we have a list of names that we're praying for and they're placed before the altar. We're praying to Jesus Christ or we're praying to the saints. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise that our liturgy actually reflects that, our calendar reflects that. You might ask yourself, why do we have a feast that's all saints on November 1st, and then we have a feast that's all souls on November 2nd? And why are they back to back? It's because it's a reflection of early Christianity, it's a reflection of what we've always been doing. All those saints that we know to be in heaven, we pray to them for those who we have lost in this life, praying to the saints for our deceased. And so today, that's what we're called to do. It's a moment for us to stop and to remember those who have died and to remember also that I'm on the same path. And I think that's the piece that we easily forget because it can be uncomfortable. We all get that we want to pray for those and remember those who have gone before us. But it's hard to stop and say, tell myself, I'm also on the same path. As well on those walls of the catacombs, it's kind of surprising, but one of the most common images is not a cross. One of the most common images is an anchor an anchor on the walls of these cemeteries. And yeah, in part, it was a disguised way of having a cross present in the catacombs during a time of persecution. But in the ancient world, the anchor was a symbol, universal symbol of safety. Of safety. Why? Because in a storm, when all else failed, you dropped the anchor and you weathered the storm. If you did not have an anchor in your boat, your boat was swept out to sea and you would probably die there. And so these early Christians grabbed hold of that symbol, that anchor, which also was the symbol for hope, as the letter to the Hebrews says, right? Hope is our anchor. And we see that these Christians, even though they have lost their loved ones, their hearts, their minds were anchored in eternity. And we have to ask ourselves that today. Is my heart, is my mind anchored in eternity? Today as we pray for those who have gone before us, we remember that we also are on that path. And we also are called to anchor our hearts and minds in eternity.